Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and uh, I felt this breeze. I felt this 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 breeze of the Lord. This breeze, gentle, gentle breeze. And um, and in that space, there was there was something to speak and to declare to this person that was carrying this gentle breeze. And uh, and it's amazing when you're still what you can experience from the Lord, what he will invite you into, what you hear, what you'll what you enjoy. But it just sometimes requires you to draw near so that you can hear him so that you can enjoy what God has for you. Um, and yeah. And so I was listening as I was sitting there listening. I heard the Lord say these two things. I couldn't find the scripture right now, but um, one of them, I, I know these two scriptures, you know. And so I felt like the Lord was saying that this, this, this here is going to be a double, it's going to be a twofold thing. It's going to be a double-edged sword and a double-edged sword, which is that, that, uh, the first scripture I heard was that what was done in secret shall be shouted on the rooftops. That's the first thing I heard that which is done in secret shall be shouted on the rooftops. And if you Bible scholars on here know where that is. You can find it for me, please, or post it on the on the notes. But yeah, that which is uh, done in secret shall be shouted on the rooftops. And I was like, hmm, oh, that that doesn't, you know, <laughs> that doesn't feel good or sound good, you know, but God didn't say it with any emotion or any feeling. He just quoted a scripture. The Holy Spirit just spoke. What's he only the teaches once a week and monitor quite often so. uh, hold on. he is uh you know so this uh the scripture so the scripture is in the word so holy spirit is going to speak the word he's going to speak the scripture and so the word is this it's just that uh that what is done in secret shall be shouted on the rooftops so that means what you've done in the privacy of your own home because no one sees what's in your home no one sees unless you're ezekiel where in Ezekiel, where Ezekiel looks through the hole and sees all the stuff that the that the priests are doing, that is unholy and unprofane and just just bad. He gets an eye, but that's a spiritual eye. But I I'm seeing that the then I heard him say, "You won't need your spiritual gifts to see these things that I'm going to show you, because I'm going to put that out there." And I was like, "Whoa." So can you imagine being in a time or being in this present season right now where if you know certain things or God reveals certain things because he trusts you, because you are a friend, he allows you to see it like Jeremiah or Ezekiel or one of the prophets. You see in the spirit what some things that are happening or you're just with people and you can pick up stuff that are going on. But can you imagine being in a space where the Lord says you won't need that? Because what was done is going to be shouted on the rooftops. And he says, why? Because there's no repentance. Because they won't repent for it. They won't repent. And see, one of the things that God spoke to me on Sunday, we were in prayer, we were in worship, and then there was this high praise that took us into, it took me into another space. And there was something that was opened and then there was released. And I hear the Lord say that my fire, thank you, Luke 12, uh, three. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. 
my one of my Bible scholars there, Luke twelve three. Let's read that. Let's turn to that real quick. Luke twelve three. But I hear the I hear the Lord say that the fire of the Lord is coming to melt the hearts. Now, when you think of that, first thing you think of, wow, fire God is going to melt our hearts. Well, you know, there's scripture that talks about how when God would descend on the earth, the earth would quake or even mountains would melt. They would, <laughs> there would be such explosion and such, a, such a, a paramount experience watching a mountain just be leveled by just the presence of God. Because why? God is descending down. He's manifesting here on earth. And so you hear that and you're like, wow, God's going to melt heart. But here's the thing, I, I want to submit to you that the heart is an altar where men's uh, uh, agendas and thoughts, that's where your heart is lifted up against God. That's where those thoughts are uh, exalted against God. That's what the Bible says, cast every thought that would exalt itself against God. That means agendas, thoughts, ideas, everything that would exalt itself. And so I believe the hearts of men are so exalted against the Lord. God says, I come. One of the scriptures he says, he says, I come what? I'll take every mountain and level them. In every valley, I'll exalt them. That's why he tells us to be low. That's why he tells us to be humble. Because why? The humble, he will exalt. The pride, the proudful, he will, he will, he will lower them, he will level them as low as the valley. Luke 3, Luke 12, 3 says this, it says here, I'm going to read, you know, I like to read the other script. I like to read the other part, the first part, we'll read verse one. It says here, it says, in the meantime, when there was gathered together in a number of a multiple of people, insomuch that they trotted one, one upon another, he began to say unto his disciples, first of all, beware of the leaven of Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. The Pharisees, that's the religious spirit. That's the religious, there are, there are a couple of leavens. There's eleven of the religious spirit and there's eleven of the political spirit. You, and that's, and what is leaven? Leaven is the ideology, it's their, it's their, it's their theology for what they believe. We got to be careful because the lump that God has given us, what they believe can ruin it. Or what it, what it, what it does is we start allowing what they believe or the ideology to make the word of God of none effect. Meaning we adhere to what they're saying instead of what the Lord is saying. Does that make sense? Are you guys hearing what I'm saying? Does that make, is that clear? Um, and so when you think about Jesus tells him, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. Why? Because why? It's coming to, to taint the lump. And what is leaven? Leaven, um, if it leavens the thing in bread, uh, it's, it's like yeast that what causes the bread to rise. Well, it spreads. Well, here's the interesting thing about leaven is that if you take, yes, it's least, thank you. Um, and so if you allow that leaven of what they're thinking to come into your lump, your bread, so the, the bread of God that you got, it can spread. It can just basically spread and cause uh, what you have to be tainted. Meaning Jesus has told him, he says, the, the, my people uh, pay attention to what you say. They pay attention to your traditions. They pay attention to your philosophies. They pay attention to more of what you're saying and they make my word of none effect. They believe more in what you're saying than what my word says. That's dangerous. That's, that's dangerous. And so we're going to keep reading. It says here, for there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed. 
neither hidden that shall not be made known. And then verse three says, therefore, whosoever has spoken in darkness shall be heard in the light. That which you have spoken in the ear in closet shall be proclaimed upon the housetops. And that's what I heard. I heard that, that what was done in secret shall be shouted on the rooftops. That's another translation, but we just read it here in Luke 4 in uh, the, new, uh, the King James. And it talks about that which is hidden shall be open. And, and the Lord said, and I heard him say, or the Lord say that it was because they won't repent. Because I'm going to tell you, our God is not a God that wants to put your name in lights in terms of you making yourself look bad. We make, we make those choices. We choose those things. We choose that. And when there's unrepentance, when there's repentance, the Bible says, God is not mocked with a man. What so shall he reap? You're going to reap these things. Now, here's the interesting things. What things that people have done sometimes in secret may not have just affected them, but it's hurt other people. Other people are hurt by this. And just like this preacher today, as I was listening to him say something that was totally against the word of God, saying that God's will cannot be done here on earth. So you're saying the word of God is wrong. He, out of his mouth, <laughs> was shouted out what he privately believed in his heart. Do you see what I'm saying? Do you see that? What he privately believed in his heart, what he believed in his prayer time, in his closet, in his heart, came out. Jesus said, it's not what goes in a man that defiles him, it's what's going to come out of him. Because what comes out of him is his core beliefs, what he believes to be true, what he's received. Because what goes in a man goes through the process and goes out of his body. But what he's talking about coming out of a man to defile him is going to be his thoughts. Those things that he's harboring in this, these ideologies, these, these, uh, these philosophies that are against God, or even just how his heart may have turned away from the Lord and he's created his own theology about what he thinks about things. And so what now that's coming out. And this is on, um, this is on a show comes right out of his mouth. And the man that was talking to him didn't say a word. He just sat there and listened. And I'm like, I don't think I'm not saying he had to jump on that man. But I think there should have been an exchange. There should have been something said, like, what do you mean by that? Can you elaborate on that part right there? Because I'm concerned that people will be um, will be misled by what you're saying and hurt by what you're saying, because the Bible says this, but you're saying that. But the man did not do that. The man sat there quietly and let that man speak. Why are we giving platforms to people? I don't care who he is. The Bible says all flesh is grass. So the Bible says all flesh is grass. I don't care who he is. Why are we giving a person like that a platform to say something like that against the word? And there is no exchange. There is no, hey, can you elaborate on it? Can we, can we talk about that? You just stay silent. And then everybody is watching that. Millions of people watch this show. Are you hearing my saying? So what I'm saying is that it's not just going to happen as, oh, flash on the news, so-and-so, this or that, or you find on the internet. You may find them preaching and they're saying, just like a few weeks ago or maybe a month ago, a preacher came out and said, you know, uh, that I was wrong about paying tithes. You shouldn't pay tithes. We talked about this on here. We shouldn't pay tithes. Tithes is not, 
Tides is against, uh, it's not, it's not for us. And I was like, what? And I was like, well, where's your scripture base? Where, where are you coming from with this? And he comes with a scripture that, uh, that, yeah, doesn't go. Yeah. You can't take one scripture out of context and use it and say, this is what you're building your new theology on. Now, I believe that which is hidden in a person. So when you think about what's hidden or what's in uh, the secret place that's going to be shouted on the rooftop, it's not just what they've done literally in a house or in a place. It's what they believe, what they've done in their heart. Because Jesus said, what you've done in your heart. If a man looks at a woman and has lust, lust, uh, lust after her, then what? He's already done the deed in his heart. He has not, he doesn't have to perform it to be guilty of something. He's already done it. You, are you hearing what I'm saying? So if Jesus said that, then what was he saying? He was saying that we need to keep our hearts clean. We need to check our thought life because the Bible says this, as a man thinketh, so is he, or so he becomes in certain translations. So you mean tell me, I don't need to say something to become it. I can just be thinking it. Yes, because as you are thinking it, you are allowing it to be buried in the soil of your heart. And if it becomes part of what you tr truly believe, then you will become what you behold or what you believe in. Are you getting what I'm saying? And so these things are coming out. So we're going to see this more and more. We're just going to hear people saying things coming out of your mouth. And you're going to be, you're going to be able to witness this and say, whoa, now here's the thing. Do we, do we abandon them? No, we pray for them. Yeah, they, we need to pray for them. But some of these people are not repentive. And it may take them being exposed. God coming in to pull the sheep back for them to, to, be, um, to be repentive. You may say, well, nah, that God wouldn't do that. Well, let me give you a scripture base. The story of uh, David. David was in sin. He had taken a man's wife laid with her. She got pregnant. He tried to cover his sin. He tried to get rid of Uriah. He tried to have Uriah come home and sleep with his wife, to cover his sin. Uriah wouldn't do it because he was a man of honor and integrity. Guess what happens? David now resorts to now I got to snuff him out. I got to get rid of him because why I'm got to cover my sin. Well, here's the interesting, interesting thing about the name of Uriah. Uriah's name means the Lord is my light. Hmm. Now I know you guys are brilliant. Think about that. The Lord is my light. So if you're trying to get rid of Uriah, you're going to get rid of the light that's shining bright on you. That's what David tried to do. And he did. But he didn't. David knew, but David forgot because he was overcome with the sin. That's what happens. You get overcome and you get consumed by what's here. If it's not checked, if it's not healed, if it's not repent for, if it's not dealt with, it be, it consumes you and it makes you think that you can, that as long as I get rid of that, or as long as I cover this, no one knows. But can I tell you, there is a God in heaven who is all knowing, who is all powerful, who, who is ever present, that he was even present with you when you were carrying that out, that he has knowledge of it. And that, and that he didn't need, he didn't need uh, Uriah to be alive to catch David. So what does he do? He tells Nathan, the prophet, he tells Nathan, the prophet, go to David and talk to him. And Nathan, the prophet goes to David to tell him a, a story. And in that story, thank you. 
uh, in that story, he tells him, basically, you are the man that stole another man's lamb. And David was like, you know, that man should be killed. And when he found out it was him, he repented. He begins to repent. Now, here's the interesting thing. Some people, some of them might not repent. There are people that still won't apologize for some of the stuff they've said on social media. And then when others have, have repented, they got tarred and feathered. There seems to be no humility. It seems to be if I'm the man of God or I'm the woman of God, whatever I say goes. And it's like, no. Do you know you need to be accountable for what you're saying to people? That if I give you a word on here and and it and something's not right or it doesn't come, it doesn't land right, you should be able to come back to me and say, hey, man, you spoke this some time ago. Was that from the Lord? Because I'm finding out that it's not it's not landing or something's not right. Then we both go back to the Lord. And if the Lord said, boy, you spoke something wrong. I need to go back and apologize to you and make that right. That's being accountable for what you're saying. It isn't just being a, a, a using the prophetic as a, a way to just to to rule and abuse. That's where that's where the, all the abuse is coming from with this prophetic, where people are being abused or hurt by it, and then people being uh, not held accountable, not feeling that they're above because I'm prophet so and so or I carry this office. No, you're not above anything. You're not above. God, you're not above that. The call on your life is a call that comes from him. And you will have to give an account for that. Everybody will give an account. Do you know your thought life? What you will give an account for? The Bible says everything that you say, you'll give an account for. Yes, are you, are you okay? Did you have something to say, uh, Amber? I accidentally unmuted. Sorry. That's uh, okay. All right, no worries. Um, but yeah, you'll give an account for that. Everything that's here. So we want to keep that thought life right. Keep that thought life clean. Not just so we 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 stay right with the Lord, but I don't want to become with some of the mess that might be in my head. Mm -mm. I'm, I want to be. I want to meditate on God's word day and night. Because the Bible says, I will be like a tree that are planted by the rivers of water that will bring forth fruit in the season. And the fruit that I'm going to bring forth is going to be good fruit, not bad fruit. Whatever you're meditating on, whatever is resting here, it's what's going to manifest outward. And that's what I believe the Lord is saying in this, that God isn't just, it isn't just going to be this way or that way, but that what's in the hearts of men that have been hidden, the fire of God is going to melt that and, and cause that to come out. And it's going to be made known. It's going to be shouted on the rooftops. Here's the other thing. The, the other thing he said to me, that's why I said it's a double-edged sword. He said that, um, that what you have uh, done in secret, I'm going to reward you openly. So there's something, there are things that you've been doing that no one has taken notice. No one has... Uh, patted you on the back or giving you rewards for, but you have faithfully, obediently have just continued to just press in and do it. And God says, when you think that the pastor or whomever you did it for didn't see it, God said, I saw it. I saw it. And I made a note of it. I record everything that's being done. And I'm going to reward that. So that which is done in secret, he says, I will reward openly out shout and people will look and wonder 
what are, what's going on why are you being praised like this like what's happening you know what you know what's what did you what did you do it's god allowing your faithful the bible says this in uh hebrews uh, 11 6 it says this without faith it's impossible to please him it also says in other translations without faith it is impossible to walk with god but he says you must believe that he is and if you believe you must be, you believe that he's a rewarder of what them that diligently seek me so when you just have a heart posture to diligently seek the lord whatever he's asking you to do whatever he's calling you to do and you just do it not trying to be seen or be heard but you're just doing it god says i'm going to reward that i'm going to, but i'm not going to just do it in secret i'm not going to pat you on the back and say great job cindy you did a great job girl we're great uh but yeah just be quiet about it we don't want everybody to know about it we're just going to do it no god says i'm going to do it openly i'm gonna i'm gonna, I'm gonna do it openly what is openly the story of mordecai mordecai saved the king but he didn't do it for the, the simple fact to to get patted on the back he did it because it was right he did it because that was his character and he went on about his business no big deal nobody made a big fuss about it the king survived well god sees it and god troubles the king this is in the story of esther you should read the book of esther great book to read um the story of esther and the god troubles the king he can't sleep and god lets him know he has not honor this man so he's looking at all the scroll he's looking at the scrolls he's trying to figure out what's going on and god points him to scroll mordecai the scribe the jew um stopped a conspiracy that would have killed you but he was not rewarded there was nothing that was done and then what the man who was trying to wipe out the jews he gets him i just god is so funny god god knows how god so in other words along with you being rewarded uh, openly, you're going, there's going to be a table in the presence of your enemy. So David said in Psalms 23, he said, God prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. Because why? Your enemy was the one that were persecuting you and, and, and going all against you and, and standing against you. And, and so now they get to, there's a table presented and that table is a table of celebration. But it's not a celebration for them, it's a celebration for you. Because they, they're going to watch you be celebrated and watch you be made known and watch what you've been doing in secret be shouted on made known real on big screen and everybody's like oh man this can you imagine somebody that didn't like you now watch you get celebrated and it's just oh that's how Haman felt Haman, he, the funny thing is god is a, and that's what i said god has a sense of humor king xerxes asked Haman, how should i reward a man who did this now he pridefully thought the king was talking about him so he tells the king, let him wear his royal robes, put on his royal hat, wear the, wear the king's finest horse, let him ride on it, let him pray and let them shout his name uh, before the people. He says, good, that's a good thing, Haman. Go do it for Mordecai the Jew. <laughs> Haman was upset because why? He couldn't stand Mordecai the Jew because Mordecai would not give him the honor he wanted. He did, he wouldn't, Mordecai would not fall down and worship. He, oh, he just... And that was why he wanted to get rid of Mordecai. And here's God, sense of humor. Here's that table being prepared. And he walks him around the whole town, the whole city, proclaiming his name, Mordecai the Jew, the one who saved the king. Yeah. What he did in secret, God says, I'll reward you openly. I'll let everybody know what you did. Because you didn't seek to be seen or heard or known. You just did what you did. 
with integrity. You just did what you did because you love me. You did what you did because you were obedient. You did because you knew that I am a reward of them. You did it because you have faith in me and you trust the process. Yeah. You trust the process. And so here is, here is, uh, here is, uh, him, here is a Mordecai being celebrated. So God does do that. God will celebrate you. God will shout on the rooftops, shout out in the open what you've been doing in terms of privately, but he will also be made known. So that's why this season here, we're coming, it's going to be this double-edged sword where there's going to be some things that are being made known that's going on in here inside people that have, that are unrepentant and unchecked. What does that, what does that say to you and I? Don't let those things be unchecked. Don't let those things be unrepented for. If you got unforgiveness in your heart, you got bitterness, you got resentment, or you're just doing stuff, or you've caught, and most of these guys, can I say this? Most of these guys are, well, even women, they started out right. Somehow, some way, they have fallen away. They got led astray. A lot of times they get led astray. Things that need to be resolved that was not resolved. Things that we get too busy to let God do. When we talked about earlier, we talked about being patient, being still. It is in the stillness and the patience before the Lord that God can unfold and reveal some of the things that are in our heart that need to be dealt with. But a lot of times we get so busy with ministry and busy with the platform that you've been given that we make no time for those things. And he's a good father. He wants you to, to work on those things, to bring healing. Because why? He doesn't want those to be an access point for the enemy to come in and continue to tempt you and go after you and, and turn your world upside down. And then what years later, you this very thing that could have been dealt with was not dealt with and got out of hand. And now it's the thing that's undoing what God has called you to do. That's what's happening with these people. A lot of stuff is being uh, being being uh, is the thing that is being uh, undone in their lives. And it's like, God, well, God, where were you in that? God says, I was there. I was there trying to call them in close saying, hey, we need to deal with that. But their platform was more important. Their, their books were more important. Their itinerary speaking was more important. Their, their followers on Facebook was more important. People noticed in them was more important than what? Than their time alone with the Lord. It doesn't matter what your platform, how you become prosperous in your business, how you become prosperous. That should never, your time with God should never compromise. If anything, your, your time with God should step up. Your time with the Lord should step up. And you need to find, you can find creative ways. You can find creative ways to keep that intact. That should never decrease. That should increase all the more because he says, remember, this is Deuteronomy 8.18. He says, remember, I, the father, has given you the power to get wealth. I'm the one that's giving you the power to get wealth and, and me giving you the power to get wealth. Hey, shh, sorry about that. Sorry about that guys. That's my dog. <laughs> he's, he's being a dog. <laughs> and, um, but, uh, the Bible says this, that, uh, that he says that the reason why that I've empowered you, I've blessed you. I've put that blessing on you to be successful in business or any of the things that God has called you to do. He says, it's because it is me fulfilling the promise that I made Abraham. Because he told Abraham he was going to bless him and bless his, his seed. So when God has caused you to be prosperous and excelling, it's, it's, it's just God's 
fulfilling the promise, that Abrahamic, Abrahamic blessing that's on your life because of the blood of Jesus is being fulfilled. So it's he that's giving you the power to get wealth. It's he that's giving you the power to be successful. And he's telling you, don't forget me. Don't forget that. Don't forget where your help comes from. David said, I know all my help. My eyes look to the hills because all my help comes from the Lord. Or even in Psalms 103, in some tr tr translation, it says, I am only satisfied from that which comes from above. Again, that's David just understanding that it's God that fills his heart. It's, it's God that makes him complete. That God that satisfies him. And you need to be satisfied by the Lord. So that, why? So that when you step into these places and to do the things and represent Jesus the way you are, you are not led astray by the things that would tempt you. Because God doesn't tempt the man. The Bible says man is tempted when he is led astray about something he is lusting after. So we got to put those things in check because when they go unchecked and they go unrepented for, guess what happens? Then what? What a man sow that shall he reap? So there are a lot of people that have been mocking God and you say, well, mocking God, how? Well, you don't have to mock God in terms of like the way you think mocking God is like, ha ha ha, I'm making God, I'm doing whatever I want. No, some people have mocked God just by just their unrepented heart. So when you do that, then what? Then you reap this. So I'm, I'm saying to you today, we, we want God to work on our hearts. Paul said, let a man examine himself. We should examine ourselves constantly. We should examine ourselves all the time. Uh, I, re I repent daily. <laughs> I repent daily. And it's not because, oh, I'm doing stuff daily, but I want to repent daily. I want to stay before the Lord. Because by all, all, there's no there's no good thing in me. Even on my best day, the Bible says my righteousness is filthy rags. But when I'm in Christ Jesus, I'm the righteousness of God. So if I'm a righteous, I don't want to be the righteousness of God because of a title. I want to be the righteousness of God in my heart. I want what He says to settle in my heart and me to believe it to be true. Amen. It isn't just it isn't just to say, oh yes, I'm the righteousness of God, like a badge. I don't want to wear it on my back. I want it to be a seal on my heart that, and, and let it burn in my heart where it can't be quenched. That's what I want. I want what he says to be burnt here, to be burnt here and never be put out by any water because it's him. It's him burning in me, causing me to burn for him. That's what I'm after. That's what the believer should be after. We need to be after that. We need to be after that. But we need to be praying for and I, I just want to encourage you we need to be praying we need to really be leaning in because in this time in this season again it's twofold it's twofold it's twofold and i just encourage you if there's unforgiveness in your heart there's 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 anything that you resent there's things that you're still holding on to let it go because can i can i tell you that your heart is a home for the word your heart is a home for the Holy Spirit. Your heart is a home for the Father. Because the Bible says in John 14, he says, when you love the Son, we will make our abode. Who is we? Father, Son, and Spirit will make our abode with you. Your heart is a home for the Godhead. Your heart is home for them and them alone. That's why the Bible said, David said in uh, Psalms 119, he says, thy word have I hid in my heart. That word have I planted in the soil of my heart. It will cause me not to sin against you. Because what you believe, what you receive, 
What you believe is what you receive and what you receive is what you will live by, what you're controlled by, what how it, it controls your behaviors. And so when you allow the word to be in your core and you believe it to be true, trust me, you will act according to the word. And even if you act outside of that, you will quickly repent because why? You love the word more. And I tell you, if you have the word in your heart, the Bible says in Psalms 119 also, he says, great peace to them which love thy law and what? Nothing shall offend you. Can I tell you the word of God is the answer to offense? The reason why there is offense in your life when you are, you get offended easy by stuff is because there's not enough word in your heart. That means there's stuff in your heart that's in the place where the word should be. And you need to put that, you need to get those things out so you can get the word in so that what the word doesn't allow you to be offended because why the bible says great peace to them so the word brings you peace because he is the prince of peace because he is the word the beginning in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god and the word we know is the prince of peace so the great peace to them which love thy law and what and and you won't be offended you won't be offended offense won't be there meaning you'll hear what they have to say because here's the interesting thing Offense can come back as like darts at your heart. Well, if you got the shield of faith up, that those darts hit the hit the um, hit the shield. Well, if your fellowship in the word is in your heart, the Bible says faith coming by hearing and hearing by what the word of God. So if the word of God is in your heart. You are actually reinforcing your shield of faith that is on you, that is protecting your heart. So that when you experience offense when you're experiencing those things they come back at your heart to offend you to cause you to be emotionally unstable it can't penetrate because why your shield is being reinforced by the word you have hid in your heart and you, and because you love and you believe in the word of god it's not just words it's it's in your heart your it won't land the offense won't have a place to land so i want to encourage you Spend time. This is the this is the time to really dig in and live in that space. Live John 15 to abide in him, to, to walk in him. One of my favorite characters when I got saved was Enoch. I loved his testimony that he walked with God. That he walked with God. It's just something beautiful about a man walking with God. And he walked with God in such a way that was intense. And, I, and that's just always been somebody that I've that I've loved that that just inspired me that he that when God, he pleased God so much that his walking with God pleased God so much that God said today, guess what? We're going to walk right into eternity. He just walked right into eternity now, you know, and I believe he can only walk in eternity because he was done. He was done with his work down here. We all got still work to do. But can you imagine just God being pleased with your walk? That's them that diligently seek him, that them that are just walking out there, walk with God. And God says, I'm going to shout you. I'm going to make known who you are. People are going to know who you are. Not just your enemy, but others are going to know who you are. They're going to know the one that was in the cave crying, going through all the ups and downs, all for the sake of the gospel, that God would do what he needed to do in your life so that for such a time as now, you would be here ready to help the kingdom of God advance. And you did it not 
seeking somebody to wear a t-shirt with your name on it, not needing a badge or, or a title to go with it, but that it was given to you because it's of the Lord that I'm going to mark you and let people know this is my son who, or my daughter who I'm what? Well pleased. The Lord really loves us. He loves us, but he's really calling us close. He's calling us close. He's calling us close because he wants to tell us. He wants to talk to us. He wants to reveal. But that means, that means what does that mean to spend time? That means your prayer life. Spend time in prayer more. Spend time praying in the spirit. The Bible says the sp praying in the spirit, not only do you pray the will of the father, but the praying in the spirit builds your most holy faith. Praying in the spirit increases your capacity to host the spirit because you in the spirit is bigger than you in the natural. And the more you pray, the more, the bigger you get. You increase your capacity. Your stature gets bigger. The One of the things that, that I love in the New Testament, the Old Testament, or even that they would say that they grew in wisdom and stature. What does that mean? They grew in the wisdom of God, but they grew in the stature in the spirit. And that's important when you are dealing with demonic things, that when demons cross your path and they see you and they see the stature that you hold, they'll say, Paul, I know, and Jesus, I know, and you, I know, but if you have no stature, then you're like the sons of Ski, but they don't know you at all. You, you don't even have an impact in hell. Or I heard a preacher say, does hell know who you are? Are you on hell's most wanted list? <laughs> and it's all because of your walk with the Lord. It's all because of your time with the Lord. There, there, there are things that are, that are ready for us to access through Christ Jesus, both old and new, we can access today. What The Bible says this, we are in a time and season where what you, where you haven't sown, you're going to reap. You're going to reap in areas. The scripture says you're going to reap in areas where you haven't sown. That means somebody else's blood and sweat and toils over that, but then you will reap. You will be the benefactory. You will be the, the benefactors will bless the beneficiaries, meaning you will be a beneficiary of something the benefactor has done. And this benefactor prevailed with God, did what they needed to do for God and left. But they what? They left something behind to be carried on. Why? To aid the brothers and sisters that are still here now fighting the good fight to get us where we need to get to. There's stuff accessible to us that we're going to reap that others have done blood and sweat have prevailed in and it's for, and it was laid up for us. So it means what that says is if time if time holds on, if we tarry for a little while longer, and we move on into glory and, and the earth is still here. Do you know what you have done will be left for somebody else to pick up and it will aid them in what God has called them to do? Can I tell you an example? Elijah and Elisha. When Elijah was leaving, he was training Elisha to be a prophet in his office because Elijah was moving on to be with the Lord, he leaves what behind? What does he leave behind? His mantle. He leaves his mantle behind. And Elisha picks up Elijah's mantle and says, let the God of Elijah, and he hits the water and, and he responds. 
He came late in the game. Elijah toiled, walked with God for that mantle. So that mantle is operating, it's active, it's vibrant. All to what? That him to reap in an area where he hasn't sown. He didn't sow to get that, but he's a, benef he's a beneficiary of it. So there are mantles out there that God will allow you to have access to, to aid you in doing the thing that God has called you to do because Elijah's mantle aided Elisha to do the things that God needed him to do before he was done. So we don't just get these mantles just because we want to get them. They're there for the body. They're there for the body through Christ Jesus for us to have access to because why? They, they're going to aid us in this move, in this next stage, in this next age here that's coming. It's going to aid us. It's going to help us do the things that need to be done so that what? So that we can finish our race, so that that which God has done in heaven can be done here on earth, so that we can advance the kingdom. Because I can, I, I, let me tell you, he is not coming back for somebody who is in a, in a, in a castle a damsel in distress, come help me. He is coming back for a warrior bride, a warrior bride, because he is a warrior king and the warrior king is coming back for his warrior bride. And the Bible says everything he is in this moment is who we are. So Lord Jesus, I just bless you. I just thank you for this time. I thank you for this moment. I pray that the word that they have heard let it plant in their hearts. Let it take root and shape. I pray that you would unfold it. You would breathe life on it. You would allow the spirit, the revelation of the spirit to back up the revelation of the word and that it would just become active and vibrant in their life. It would open the mind's eye that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened. I pray that the wisdom that you give them fresh wisdom and knowledge and understanding it is who Christ is. Father, I pray that you would bless them and keep them and strengthen them. And I pray that, Lord God, that you would cause them to draw near to you, that they would just they would just stop all that they're doing and they would render everything useless. That we would apprehend you. Paul said, I count it all done that I would apprehend you, that I would have you. Let us be the same way. Let us love you in such a way that we say, God, I got I, I just got to be with you. I answer the call. I feel the call and I want to be just not because I'm going to get something, but because I want to fellowship with you deeper, because I want to love you even more. You are worthy of my attention. You are worthy of my praise. You're worthy of, of any and everything. I pray that our hearts turn towards you, turn towards you. In any high places in us, I pray that we repent. I repay that we repent and we level. We just move those high places out of the way that we choose you. Father, we, I bless them and bless all those, those that are going to list this, listen to this message. Lord, we honor you. We praise you and magnify your name and we give you the praise in Jesus' mighty, mighty name. Amen and amen.